From Schwartz Media, I'm Osman Faruqi. This is 7am. Over the past week, Victoria's Anti-Corruption Commission has heard damning evidence about the political culture at the heart of the state's Labor Party. The allegations aired so far include claims of branch stacking and misuse of taxpayer funds. And the investigation has already forced the resignation of a number of state government ministers. Today, Chief Political Correspondent for the Saturday paper, Karen Middleton, on what the inquiry is actually about and what the consequences might be for the Labor Party both in Victoria and federally. It's Thursday, October 21. Hey, Karen, it's actually Oz. How are you doing? Oh, hi, Oz. Good. How are you? I'm, I can't remember if I said this in my original email, but I'm filling in for Ruby this week. Oh, right. So okay. you'll be getting to answer my questions, which is fun and exciting. Great. Let's do it. So, Karen, last week, Victoria's Anti-Corruption Commission, IBAC, kicked off public hearings into the conduct of the state's Labor Party. Can you tell me about that inquiry and what exactly it's investigating? The inquiry is related to what's called Operation Watts. Good evening. A full-blown crisis is gripping the Andrews government tonight with senior ministers... The biggest story of the week was undoubtedly Victoria's Anti-Corruption Commission probing allegations of branch stacking... ...by explosive evidence of systemic corruption and misuse of taxpayers' money... ...which is an examination of factional activities within the Victorian Labor Party and particularly branch stacking activities that we've heard through the hearings that have started in Victoria has been going on for years and even decades in that state. So tell me about how this inquiry started. Why did IBAC start looking into this? It goes back to a program broadcast on the Nine Network's 60 Minutes in June of last year. Good evening and welcome to a special edition of 60 Minutes. I'm Nick McKenzie. That zeroed in on these allegations of branch stacking. Tonight, an explosive year-long investigation by 60 Minutes and The Age newspaper will reinforce the distrust and contempt many Australians have for our politicians. And that showed hidden camera vision involving Adam Somurek, who was then a state government minister in Victoria and a factional power broker. Now, normally, we'd never know what goes on in the back rooms of Australian politics. But we've obtained secret audio and video recordings that catch out the real Adam Somurek. And a warning, Somurek's behaviour is not only bullying and misogynistic, his language is frequently offensive. Who was talking about branch stacking activities and making derogatory comments about one of his colleagues. We're going to take over. I'm going to fucking knock her fucking head off. She's a fucking psycho bitch. This brought this whole issue to light into the public domain and as a result these allegations were further investigated and we now see these public hearings after a series of private inquiries from IBAC that are really showing us the the nasty underbelly of a political party. Okay, so you've mentioned branch stacking a couple of times and it does seem pretty fundamental to the way politics works. What exactly is it and how did it become the focus of an anti-corruption investigation? 
Well, the way you achieve anything in politics is by winning votes, whether that's at the national level, at the state level, or right down at the branch level. You need to have the numbers in whatever group of people is voting, and you need to win the votes. And generally, the traditional way to do that is to persuade the people who get to vote of your point of view or that you are the best candidate if you're running for office and get them to vote for you. But in political parties, and not just the Labor Party, it also occurs in the Liberal Party, but some people seek to take a shortcut to that process. And rather than just persuading the people who are already members of a branch, they stack the branch with people they know will vote for them. Often their memberships are paid for by someone else. So they are really, in many cases, just ghost members of a branch there to make up the numbers. And if they have to physically turn up for a vote, they're expected to vote the way the person who put them there says they should. But sometimes they just supply empty ballot papers and someone else fills them in for them. So it's a pretty cynical way to achieve power in a political party. Okay, so the IBAC has started investigating those allegations that public resources were being used to engage in the kind of branch stacking that you just outlined. What has the inquiry heard so far? Well, it's heard some quite colourful allegations about the extent of branch stacking in the Victorian Labor Party going back, well, two decades, really. I just want to ask you about um, whether you've had an involvement in branch stacking, Mr Byrne. I certainly have. The key witness so far has been Anthony Byrne, and he was pretty central to this whole thing coming to light. Um, And was there quite a systematic process by which that took place? It was a very well-entrenched system. He is a federal Labor MP. He's been a federal MP since 1999. Uh, He's also been chair at one point and then deputy chair of the very powerful Parliamentary Joint Committee on Intelligence and Security, which is one of the most powerful parliamentary committees at the federal level. He's now a very senior, long, long-time backbencher. He's a member of the right faction in Victoria, uh, and he used to be a factional ally of Adam Somurek, but they've had a falling out in recent years over some of Somurek's alleged behaviour. I saw things and heard things that I just didn't think that I'd ever see in a modern Labor Party. I'd heard about them, seen them in the 90s, and never thought that I'd see them again. What are you referring to, Mr Byrne? Um, referring to branch stacking. Anthony Byrne told the Commission that Somurek used to get very angry at staff and was asking unreasonable things and that gradually Anthony Byrne decided to part ways with him. I'm referring to coercion of staff being made to do things that they didn't want to do. Uh, I was referring to a party that basically was being taken over by one person whose sole objective was power and power alone. Who's the person you're referring to? Adam Somurek. Now, the camera that captured some of the alleged activities of Adam Somurek that was that was shown on 60 Minutes via this hidden camera last year was actually in Anthony Byrne's office. He's been quite key and central to this whole investigation and now he's been in the witness box describing not only the activities of Adam Somurek but admitting that he himself had engaged in some of these activities. Do you accept this? It is clear that those in head office turned a blind eye to flagrant branch stacking over, say, the last five years. 
Um, I don't know if I'd say blind eye, uh, counsel. Uh, I would say felt powerless to stop it. So this began with its focus on the Victorian state Labor Party, but it's broadened out to the federal domain because of the role of Anthony Byrne and the admissions that he has made. So that makes it a huge headache, not only for Daniel Andrews, the Premier, but also for Anthony Albanese, the federal Labor leader. We'll be back after this. Need a reminder of what political leadership looks like? Australia's master of political satire, Jonathan Biggins, is back embodying the iconic Paul Keating, visionary, reformer and rabble-rouser. Due to overwhelming demand, one-man comedy The Gospel According to Paul is returning to the Opera House, on from the 4th to 23rd of June for its final term ever. Secure your tickets now at sydneyoperahouse.com for an unforgettable evening. For Sloane Crosley, writing about the loss of a friend may not have provided catharsis, but it did allow for the possibility of a better ending. Like you have this amazing meal that's this friendship, and then you have a really, 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 really bad dessert with shards of glass in it. And then like the book is like, you know, those little chunks of chocolate that come with the bill. I'm Michael Williams. Join me for this week's episode of Read This as I talk to Sloane Crosley about her latest Grief is for People. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Karen, what kind of impact have these IBAC hearings had on the federal Labor Party and on its leader, Anthony Albanese? Well, they're putting a lot of pressure on the federal Labor Party and particularly on the leader, Anthony Albanese. Anthony Byrne came forward late last week and resigned his position on the Parliamentary Joint Intelligence Committee and also on the Privileges Committee. He's not only quit as Deputy Chair of the Intelligence Committee, he's quit the committee altogether and the other one. And really, people were expecting he was going to have to do something like that because it's very difficult to sit on a powerful intelligence committee or on the committee that polices politicians when you've made admissions about activities that could have serious legal questions about them. Because although branch stacking isn't unlawful, it is against the rules of the Labor Party. But then there's a bigger question about potential offences involving the employment of staff who were knowingly never actually going to turn up, because that's using taxpayers' money to employ someone who's not doing the job that they're being hired for. So that raises serious other questions. It certainly presented a potential conflict on the Intelligence Committee in particular. And Anthony Albanese, having resisted taking any direct action against Anthony Byrne has now referred that employment issue to the Department of Finance for investigation. But, you know, all of this creates mess and uh, murkiness around what really went on and goes on in the Labor Party in Victoria. Okay, so this scandal is already causing political problems for federal Labor. But what about where this all started in Victoria? What kind of pressure is the inquiry putting on the Victorian Labor Party. Will the Premier insist that any of his ministers who are under investigation by the Anti-Corruption Commission stand aside? The Premier. No, not not, uh, as a matter of uh, necessity, no. Well, I think the Premier, Daniel Andrews, is under pressure anyway because of COVID-19 and such long lockdowns and these sorts of allegations just add extra layers of pressure on him. Uh, And again... Uh, the uh, who IBAC investigates and the circumstances in which they investigate them, uh, who participates in inquiries, 
who assists IBAC with their inquiries. That, does not, that is, A, a matter for IBAC, and secondly, it may not be a matter that anyone in the government would even know about. There's also a separate inquiry that we know about into his government's relationship with the United Firefighters Union in Victoria and whether there was anything inappropriate about that. And we understand from reports in recent days that that is also looking specifically at him. Thirdly, it is not a matter that would, ne- that would uh, necessitate them standing aside. So the simple answer to your question is no. Uh, if you want to- so he's got, pardon the pun, fires burning on a number of fronts here in terms of his party's politicking. Uh, so n- none of this will be welcomed by him when he's already under pressure in the context of the pandemic. Karen, this all feels like a lot. There's now two separate IBAC investigations examining the actions of the Victorian Labor Party. What kind of political consequences could that have for both federal and state Labor? Well, in the short term, what it has meant in the wake of the allegations against Adam Somurek last year was that the federal leader, Anthony Albanese, and the state leader, the Premier, Daniel Andrews, got together and moved swiftly not only to expel Adam Somurek from the Labor Party and to sack him as a minister of the Victorian government, but also to intervene in the Victorian branch of the Labor Party. So that gives Anthony Albanese and his national executive a lot of power in the Victorian branch, which creates its own factional upheavals. And I think it's important to understand that underlying all of these proceedings is this factional tension, not only between factions in Victoria, but also between individuals and also at the federal level. There's tension between uh, Anthony Albanese and Bill Shorten, his predecessor, and the people who are loyal to both of them. You know, there's concern in the Albanese camp that Bill Shorten and his colleagues are still trying to regain influence or maintain influence to possibly see him make a comeback. And there's concern in the shortened camp about the way Albanese and Daniel Andrews have railroaded the Victorian branch, used the 60-minute story, they say, as an excuse to come in and intervene. So there's a lot bubbling along involving individual and personal power and factional rivalries uh, underneath all of these commission inquiries. And, of course, the Victorian Commission is not the only one operating at the moment. There's an anti-corruption commission in New South Wales that's looking into the activities of the former Premier Gladys Berejiklian and whether she breached public trust with her five-year secret relationship with a colleague and whether there was anything inappropriate about some grant money that went to his electorate during that time. So what we have is anti-corruption commissions in Sydney and Melbourne looking at the Liberal Party in Sydney and the Labor Party in Melbourne while everybody in Canberra argues about whether there should be an integrity commission. You can imagine that those discussions get very awkward under those circumstances and that nobody really has the high moral ground. Karen, thank you so much for explaining all of this to me. Thanks very much, Oz. Sydney Dance Company explodes on stage with Momenta. This world premiere by acclaimed choreographer Raphael Bonicella is unmissable contemporary dance. Strictly limited season from the 28th of May to the 8th of June. Book now at sydneydancecompany.com. Also in the news today, 
Federal Health Minister Greg Hunt announced on Wednesday that 70% of Australians over the age of 16 have been fully vaccinated against COVID-19. That milestone means the country will now move into phase B of the National Reopening Plan, which will focus on minimising the health impacts of COVID-19 using only low-level restrictions. And the New South Wales Corruption Watchdog has heard evidence former Premier Gladys Berejiklian pushed forward a funding proposal after her then-secret partner, MP Darrell Maguire, fired up about it. The Independent Commission Against Corruption is investigating millions of dollars of grants handed to Maguire's electorate and whether Berejiklian breached public trust. I'm Osman Faruqi. This is 7am. See you tomorrow.